Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Deepwater Podcast. Glad you can jump in with us here today. Today I want to talk to you about something that is exceptionally important, and at least for myself, uh, exceptionally difficult, and that's praying and praying well. It's one thing to throw up a quote-unquote a Hail Mary or to pray selfishly all about myself or to pray sometimes, pray for a meal, but to really get down in prayer, prayer and have like a consistent prayer life and a deep prayer life and a prayer life of substance, uh, it's a difficult for me. And so today I want to talk to you about it. Um, because it's important for us. It's something I've been working on literally for years, and I kind of I fade in and I fade out and I fade back in and fade out. I hope that slowly I'm growing over time. It really is important, and one of the things that we know is that all successful ministries have one thing in common, and that is a commitment to prayer. The more commitment to prayer you have, probably the better your ministry is. David Watson said in his book, Contagious Disciple-Making, that a prayer movement precedes every disciple-making movement. And I, I'm not a, a great church historian, but I believe you'll find back, if you go back to the First Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening and some of the large movements of God, that you see this large commitment to prayer on the front end. So there's a couple of ways to think about praying. Uh, one Praying as you go, like Paul says, uh, pray without ceasing. And so that's one thing, like we should always be kind of in a running dialogue with God is kind of how I think about that. And of course, a dialogue also means there's a feedback and a response. It's not just a, a monologue with God, but a dialogue with God. But I also think we need set times of prayer, time to still our hearts, our minds, our souls, and concentrate on the motion of prayer. And when we pray, we need to pray not just for physical things, God help my aunt get better, heal my back, help me get a new job, but we need to pray for spiritual things. God help my friend's heart turn to you, um, help this person repent, Lord help our church to grow, Father help our pastor to raise up new pastors, Lord help our missionaries to make disciples. All of these things, that they're about a, a, a spiritual thing that's happening. It's totally okay to pray for physical prayers, but we also need to pray for spiritual ones as well. And as I alluded to a second ago, if I'm not careful, a lot of my prayers revolve around me. Man, I've talked to God all day about me, kind of obsessed with me. And it's okay to pray for me, but it's also really important that we're praying for others. It's a both thing. Praying involves listening. Praying involves praising. I have a friend from the Ivory Coast that I pray with. Oh, once or once every week or two, he and I'll get together online and pray. And one of the things I like him, he just he pray prays a lot of praise while he's praying. It's really a, a fascinating thing to me to listen to him pray and to pray with him, and it's helped it's helped me grow in my prayers. And truthfully, when I talk to him, it's not uncommon for him to say something like, "Yeah, my my church is doing a ten day fast." <laughs> and I'm like, your whole church, a 10-day fast? But they really seem so much more committed to prayer, and it pays off. 
The thing I want to focus on today, though, is this idea. Have you ever have you ever heard about praying scriptures or praying scriptures back to God? It's an exercise. There's lots of different scriptures you can use for that. Some of the best ones are some of God's kingdom parables. The kingdom of God is like, just to give you a couple there in, in Matthew 13, 18, 20, 21, 22, 25. Give you a, a couple of them you can go look at. But today, let's just take, and, and to, together, let's do it right here. Let's pray through Matthew 13. Okay, and I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read you first the parable, then his explanation, then we're going to pray through the parable. So verses 1 through 9, verses 1 through 9 of Matthew 18. That same day, Jesus went out to the, of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood around on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. So then Jesus goes back with his disciples. They ask him to explain it to him. And he gives them this explanation starting in verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who receives the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So that's the scripture. So now we're going to go back, and we're just going to kind of do it verse by verse. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read a portion, and then I'm going to pray out loud on the podcast here. And I want you to pray where you're at. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Okay? Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. Dear Jesus, we come to you right now, and, and God, we want to be people who sow soil, sow seed. We ask that you would help us to sow the seed in our life, Father, and in the name of Jesus, we rebuke Satan, and, and we rebuke him and command him not to snatch away the seeds. Lord, we ask that you would work, that you would overcome the devil, that you would overcome his traps. We ask that you would turn the soil that's on the path, that you would turn it into soil that can take the seeds. Lord, I think about people in my life who are who are like the soil on the path. And though the seed has landed on them many times and they've been around that God, it does not sink in. And we pray that you would no longer allow the devil to, to take away those seeds. We ask that you would allow it to be implanted. Then it goes on. The verse, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Dear Father, we do... Uh, sorry, let me read the next verse. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Dear Jesus, we, we praise you 
for the people that do receive the receive the word and they receive it with joy, God. But I ask that you would help take rocks out of their life, that you would help the roots to grow down deeply, that you'd help us as disciple makers to to learn how to take the the rocks away, to learn help how to help them remove them. God, we ask that you would remove rocks that roots might go down deep. They might find their their root in you, that they might take on your refreshment and your nourishment and they might grow. God, I, I am concerned for our churches in America, Lord, that when persecution or trouble comes, that it will be almost empty, that there'll be no one left because uh, we have no root. God, help us, help us to become strong. Help us to put our roots down deep in you so that you can give us the nourishment we need so that when persecution comes, when hard times come, that we do not fall away, but that we continue to follow you. God, for the people in our churches, for the people in our Bible studies, that have such shallow faiths, Lord, we ask that you would help them to grow, help them to hear your word and to obey it. Lord, where you're planting your seed all around the world, we pray that as it springs up, God, that you would remove the rocks, that they might be full of fruit, and that they wouldn't fall away. Then it continues, the one who receives the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. Dear Jesus, when I I think about this verse, it breaks my heart, Lord. It breaks my heart in my own life. Father, we pray against these things. We pray against the worries of this world, Lord. We ask that we would put our worries on you, that we would put our hope in you, that our disciples would put their hope in you, that our churches would put our hope in you. We do not worry about the worries of this world. And God, forgive us for the way we cling to wealth and the way we prioritize it and we put it over you and we worry about it more than you. God, don't let the the deceitfulness of wealth lead us astray. God, for our own hearts, show us what it looks like to live with a whole heart and whole devotion to you. Pray that you would do that, Lord. Pray that you would keep it from being unfruitful. Lord, help us to hear your word. Help the people to hear your word, but to grow, to get their roots down, but then to not be choked out. God, help remove the thorns from around us. Help us to remove them ourselves. And when we don't have the capability, God, we don't have the strength in your mercy, pull those thorns away. Rip them out, even though their roots grow deep in our heart, Lord. Pull them out so that we can have a wholehearted devotion to you. Then it continues, but the one who hears, but the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil, is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Dear Jesus, we want to be people of good soil, Lord. We pray for those overseas. We want them to be people of good soil. Help us to hear your word, Lord, and help us to understand it. God, we pray for our churches that we would understand the word, that we would not just listen to it and know knowledge, but that we would understand it with an understanding that requires action and requires obedience. God, we pray that that overseas, as as new believers are coming to the Lord, that you would would show them your word and that you would give them an obedient understanding of it. And God, we pray, God, we praise you that you didn't say 30, 60, or 100, Lord, but you said 160 or 30, that 100 is first. God, we pray that we would be fruitful and that our lives would multiply. I think the guys that I know overseas, we pray in girls, that their 
their ministry, that their lives would flow out, would multiply the seed after seed after seed of being sown, and they would and they would reproduce themselves. We pray that. So I hope that is an example, a good example of how to pray the scriptures. So you can go through any scripture like that, but take what the scripture says there and then pray it, pray about it, pray what the truth in that scripture is. And on that note, uh, there's a cool app I've talked about on here called the Pray Through app. Uh, it's at least available on Android. You'll have to check uh, iTunes to see if it's available there for Apple. But one of the things I love is that you can pair it up. It has some different scripture categories that you can tag along with a prayer request, and it'll pop in a new scripture. And so many times it gives us it gives me so much more meat to pray for somebody or someone or something to have that scripture. You know, there's people you pray for a lot, but you don't have an update in their life. And as opposed to praying, oh, God be with Joel today, you can pray. Uh, the verse that pops up on this one today is First Chronicles 4.10. It's a, oh, and it says, Jabez cried out to the, the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. You know, I can pray that for Joel. Lord, bless Joel and enlarge his territory. Let your territory be his territory and his territory be your territory. And God, let your hand be with him. Let him feel your hand on him. And keep him from harm, Lord. Protect him as he goes about your work so that he'll be free from pain. And Lord, grant this request. So that's a lot better than like, God be with Joel today. Anyway, it's the Pray Through app. It's really cool. I like it. Encourage you to check it out. Uh, you can also talk in terms of, of prayer, like we pray privately, but it's also important to pray corporately. One of the things I'm thinking of myself, just, I think last week it hit me, it's like I really need to pray with my disciples a lot more, the people I disciple. I need to pray with them more. Well, I mean, we pray at the beginning, we pray at the end, but I mean like having a significant period of prayer time with them. So that's what I'm probably going to do next time I meet with Disciple A. Add that in. And one last thought is it can also be really cool uh, to get a group together and, and pray these scriptures together. And I have yet to actually get to try this since I read about this method, which is maybe shameful because it's been a while. Anyway, they, for a prayer time for people, you know, give 20 or 30 minutes to mix and mingle, and then use 30 minutes and, and use scriptures to pray. Pick your scriptures beforehand, pray through them. And then the last 30 minutes, asking people, okay, what did God say to you during this prayer time? And get get feedback, maybe limit them up. I'm not looking for a 30-minute treatise of what God said to you, but as you were praying, did God bring scriptures in mind? Did God bring thoughts? Did God bring people in your mind? Like, what did God say to you as you're praying? And then you have some some things to act on there. So, uh, you got to build your prayer muscles. I need to build my prayer muscles. Sometimes the way I remind myself, there was a kid, oh, it's been years ago, I was probably late high school, and they'd come out to see us. And he was like six or seven, and I was going to go run because I was back in shape back then. And I tried to run with him, but the only thing he could do was either sprint or walk and figure out that pace himself. And sometimes that's how I feel like I am with prayer. Like, man, I'll really get into it. And it's like, I'm a sprinting. I'm adding people to my prayer list. And the next thing I know, it's like, I'm walking and dragging and panting. And I need to learn to pace myself and grow in that. One of my favorite Koreans told me this one time when she said when she learned to pray. Uh, the analogy she said, she said, our pastor said, 
when you want to learn to pray, you just go out and you find a tree and you put your hands around it. And then you just pray until that tree falls down. AKA, you just pray a long time. What she said is like, you know, if you want to really start it, you know, go set your alarm for 30 minutes and just pray until 30 minutes hits. You don't have to look at your clock. It'll beep when it's up. That that was kind of a way of hers, like jumping into jumping into the prayer muscles and getting yourself in shape. Maybe you need a coach on that. Maybe you need someone to disciple you. Maybe be accountable with. Anyway, those are some good thoughts. Uh, one last one. If you go back to the Kirk Goss interview, he talked about having a journal, and he'd record you know things he was praying for and stuff, and then every quarter he would review it, and he'd say, "You'd be amazed at how many things God answers in three or four months." And the the benefit of that, part of the reason we don't pray successfully, lengthily, heartily, is because we don't really believe it works. And that reviewing and saying, okay, I prayed this, God did answer this. That helps us grow. Anyway, I encourage you to grow in your prayer life. If there's something we can do to help you, let us know. If there's someone you know that has like a really great prayer life that's uh, good about sharing that, uh, let us know. Maybe we can have them on here as a guest. Teach your disciples to pray. Pray with your disciples. That's all I got for you today. We will see you guys next time. Go and make disciples. Oh,